0: we need to recognize it as a specialism we need to be empower our nurses to work within that specialism and when i talk about it being recognized as a specialism we need to ensure that it is recognized in our urban sites for the specialism it is to enable that movement back and forth from rural and remote sites to more to larger hospital settings
1: Hello and welcome to a Nurse outwear podcast. My name is Danielle Causa and I have been a rural and remote nurse for most of my career. I created this podcast as an opportunity to explore and celebrate and perhaps spark some interest in rural and remote nursing. Each week we'll meet with some of the extraordinary nurses who live and work in rural and remote areas across Australia as they tell their story about all that is beautiful and unique to rural and remote nursing. So join with me as we explore the stories from A Nurse Outwear. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of A Nurse Outwear. Now my next guest has over 30 years of nursing experience and she was originally qualified in Scotland. Um, She's worked extensively in Scotland, followed by Cyprus and Germany, supporting the British Army and, in particular, their families stationed abroad. She was the key lead for child protection across all British military posts in Europe, including Cyprus, Germany, Turkey, Italy and Gibraltar. Uh, She's been in Queensland for the last 13 years, uh, commencing her Australian nursing adventure in Kingaroy, of all places. Uh, She's been in her current role as the Executive Director of Nursing and Midwifery for the past eight years at Townsville Hospital and Health Service. She's a passionate supporter of all rural and remote nursing and midwifery services. And her focus is on uh, equity for all in health and the need to accept the challenge of distance and enhance new technology to reduce these inequalities. She's also a passionate supporter for First Nations health access and her focus on how we can embrace challenge and the past to move forward and enable improvements in health outcomes. I'm so pleased to welcome Judy Morton. How are you? I'm
0: good Danielle, thank you very much for inviting me to talk on your amazing podcast.
1: Ah, thank you, It's uh, it's been a while coming. I'm um, really looking forward to hearing your story and you know how you ever ended up in Kingaroy, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, as you know, the podcast is titled A Nurse Outwear. So from your perspective, can you finish the sentence, I'm a nurse outwear?
0: So, I'm a nice nurse outwear. Wow, that's a bit hard to define, isn't it? Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm an executive director of nursing and midwifery and Townsville HHS, which is a very large HHS um, in the north of Queensland. We've got regional, rural, remote sites as well as a big tertiary hospital. I'm a nurse outwear, I think for the new generation of nurses, that's going to be even harder to define because I think people move around a lot. Um, I think there's so many opportunities out there and experiences to have in different locations and for me i was lucky that ended up with my journey being in different um areas in, both in scotland and in europe before i came to australia my career has been really diverse so a nor- nurse out where maybe it's um a nurse out where and that can be anywhere you want to be yeah yeah yeah
1: and you're right i think um The nursing workforce is really shifting and changing it's becoming a lot more um i don't know i guess a buyer's market people are keen to to move and explore and take their career with them as as their life changes i guess
0: yeah i think so and i think that the rural and remote element of what we do in australia is actually attractive i just don't think we do a very good job of marketing that and letting people know what opportunities and things there are out to have a really vibrant opportunity to to nurse somewhere that is completely different um, to what you can do in a big hospital. And I look at the rural and remote sites that we have in our health service and um, there's no med team. You know there's no ct scanner there's there's not all of those things that people learn in their career when they're training to be a nurse that are readily available to you we and i think met's a great example because we talk about met in our big urban hospitals as anytime you're concerned at all call a met if you're not sure if patients deteriorating if you're not sure call a met it's not for those dramatic events when we know that a patient has had um, a seriously serious um, incident or decline but what does that look like in a rural site when you've got two nurses on? <laughs> you know, How do we make that something that actually is an empowering thing for our nurses and not something to be fearful, fearful of? And I think if we face that better, we would encourage people to try rural and remoteness. I think sometimes there's a bit of a fear factor that people are like, I don't I don't know how I will manage out with all this support that I get when I work in a bigger centre.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, And I think, well, two things. I think it's an opportunity to say, well, here's my scope and here's all my skills and I can do all this. Um, I'm kind of a glass half full kind of person. So I like to think of it as an opportunity. But then, you know, when you, you have to also remember that you're not, you're not on your own in these areas, like particularly in Queensland, we have Temsu and RSQ, you know, we've got RFDS on the phone, all those sorts of services. So you might be you know, physically, a, a small team of you, like you and another nurse or an admin or whatever, but you have got a massive team to support you online and virtually. So, talking about the technology, as you mentioned in your in your bio,
0: absolutely. And I was talking to a team just in the past week at work who were um, anxious um, about ensuring they weren't working out with their scope of practice. And you know, it did occur to me that maybe there is a piece that we need to understand really clearly what that scope of practice means for different sites when we are taking support in a different way and we're doing that virtually. Um, And, you know, we were talking about the run of the mill, can't think of a better way to phrase it, things that come through a rural ED against a trauma, an accident, something untoward really happening. And if you're in a position where a single nurse posts or there's only two people there, a town without QAS, how do we define that really well so our nurses really feel super confident um, in their scope of practice and using all of the technology we've got available to them. And I think for that will encourage more people to want to experience um, rural and remote sites where actually from a skill set, um, it's quite incredible what you can do um, in those environments.
1: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Well, gee, we ran down a rabbit hole there. But
0: <laughs> what? Um,
1: so you you've worked. You were uh, first registered in Scotland, and then you worked all across Europe. What drew you to Kingaroy? What
0: drew you to rural and remote nursing? Well, that's I think a bit of an interesting question. Noting that I am a little bit different to the people that you normally interview that are working in a rural or remote site clinically. Um, I'm gonna describe something that people in Australia will think is quite funny. So the last post I had in Scotland before um, I left to come to Australia, well, to go to Europe and then come to Australia, was I was a health visitor. So you don't have a similar position to that here. It's sort of a community nurse and a child health nurse all rolled into one. But I worked in what was deemed a rural, remote-ish location in Scotland. Um, which was about two hours drive, maybe, maybe two and a half from Glasgow, um, which is a huge city in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> had lots of, you know, you could drive in, drive out. It was a fair-sized community. And when I was working there, I would have thought, oh, I'm working in a really, you know, rural area. Um, I think that interest in rural is hard to define, isn't it? But when I came to Australia... Um, we lived, as we said, in, um, as a family in Europe, and I did all sorts of different things there, which, which was remote for the people there in a completely different way. So we had a large number of British military families living in these countries. Um, they did not speak the language. So I lived in Germany. Cyprus is fine. They speak English. But I lived in Germany for three years, and the best I can do is order a beer, really, and probably get some rolls from the bakers. and <laughs> There's a the remoteness that we forget about that sometimes applies to different things. Um, yeah. We decided to come to Australia and applied and I said to my husband, you know, where where do we want to go? What state do we want to go? And he said, oh, Queensland, the weather's good. So that was pretty much the decision. It wasn't on health services, my husband's a teacher, it wasn't on education. It was, let's go somewhere where there's nice weather. Um, I would be brought up in Scotland. We, I started to look around for jobs that kind of matched my skill set um, and I had to at that point look for something that really matched my clinical skill set that I hadn't been using for a number of years um, when I was in a management role and I ended up getting a role in Kingaroy as the nurse unit manager of their community services. We looked on the map and thought, oh Kingaroy looks quite look close to the coast, <laughs> That'll be fine." Um, and we came so we arrived at Brisbane airport as you do jet lagged and started driving out to Kingaroy realizing that it was possibly a little bit further from the coast than we possibly <laughs> thought um, but you know what I had the best experience in Kingaroy small rural town not not remote by Australian standards um, but everybody welcomed us And they couldn't have been more friendly. And I was coming into a different health system. And really, I hadn't written a roster for probably 15 years. And that in itself was a struggle. But the services that were being um, um, delivered to all of the rural communities around Kingaroy, some of them were quite isolated, was quite an incredible journey for me. And we also had Sherberg, which was um, where I did my cultural awareness training. Mm -hmm done in the community by the aunties in the community and they have the ration sheds, etc. And it was, I cannot describe the experience that was for me understanding the history of First Nations peoples and why we have the health and equity that we actually have in Australia. And um, a lot of that sits with rural and remote and the way to target that is access. So I suppose I'm waffling on a bit, I do talk a bit. when i came to australia and i went to kingaroy i think wow in lots of ways um from a rural site and what's delivered distance was It still to this day surprises me because even though i've been here for many years now no conception um it would be like saying to somebody and i'm I trying to explain this to people that i um, live in the uk it would be like saying to somebody I'm going to Italy for a two-hour meeting. Some of the distances that we do in Queensland. yeah, um, There is no concept until you come to Australia. And I think actually Western Australia and the Northern Territory and Queensland really are the only three states that understand remoteness. And I think that um, Western Australia's population bases are much bigger. They still have remoteness, but There's fewer bits of it. I think Queensland is the most diverse state. We're really lucky to have an opportunity to work in an environment where rural and remote has such meaning um, for health services.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, you've worked for 30 years as a nurse all across the world. You must have a fond memory of your time working you know, maybe not in rural and remote or in, you know, as remote as we understand it here in Australia. Have you got a, a tale to tell of your time?
0: I was thinking about this um, and what to talk about. And, you know, what immediately came to mind was all the times I have had fun at work. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that makes me smile now is, I suppose, um, one, the things we used to do and two we used to be able to have a little bit more light-heartedness in the workplace um and i think that that's missing a bit um some of the things we used to do would be wholly inappropriate now um you know we used to everybody on their last shift got thrown in the bath and covered in all sorts of things and <laughs> to, uh, you know i would not be condoning we behave like that now but we, we seem to have lost something a little bit um in our ability that it's it's okay to have a bit of fun we do really tough jobs and um yeah and then I looked at I was thinking about some of the things that have changed in a particular treatment which I don't know whether it happened in Australia or not but when I was doing my nurse training quite a long time ago we used to put egg white on pressure areas and then hold an oxygen mask over it until it dried right so we used to when it was task orientated nursing um off we would go to do the back round in the ward as it was called and we'd actually get egg white and we'd whisk it up and we'd go around and I suppose you know the protein and like probably the thinking behind it was okay yeah so you'd go around and you know you didn't want people to get you know, pressure injuries so any areas that were slightly red when we were turning patients we'd apply this egg white then we'd get an oxygen we'd get the oxygen and an oxygen mask and we'd hold it over the area until the egg white was perfectly dry and this, <laughs> this was our state of the art prevention measures <laughs> <laughs> or injuries and can i just point out i'm not that old we did have pressure relieving mattresses and other things but find, this was this was all the rage and sometimes think and it's a bit like yeah you have to accept don't you what's happened before and how we come forward because um there's probably lots of stories people listening to this that will think oh yeah we used to do different things as well i would never heard of i came to australia and and you give something called a pink i think it's called a pink lady in the emergency department for people that have indigestion yep yeah, yep yeah. yeah and i was like what is this I <laughs> so i uh, yeah i think there's lots to learn from uh different things not that i'm suggesting we go back to egg white and o- oxygen but we have such a multicultural workforce here i think there's lots we can learn from other cultures and sometimes um we're not so good at that but i think covid taught us one thing that actually we can figure it out and do things without causing any any risk i think from a patient perspective rather than pick out one patient i think that what i've learned over my nursing career and there's always a few people that stick out in your mind is that the human spirit is unbelievably strong Yeah, and i for me the stories that stand out are When people have illnesses that are really awful, you know, the types of illnesses that we would all be beside ourselves if any, if we were diagnosed with them or anybody in our family. And often these are life limiting and um, over my nursing career treatments have got a lot better, but I can remember um, some people that had life limiting illnesses. And at that point in time, our treatments weren't great from 20, 30 years ago, and the human spirit is unbelievably strong, not only for our patients and sometimes the suffering that we can't always make right for them, but also for families and loved ones and how they cope um, when dreadful things occur. And I think that we fail to recognise that our nurses deal with that every day um, and people die. I, I think that is part of, you know, the natural, natural um, end to life. You can't live forever. But we see that all the time because we're at the pointy end of that. Um, and in small rural communities, nurses are part of that community. Yeah. And it, it is different to when you live in a city. So I I think we need to think about the breadth of that um not to be depressing because i think nurses are really resilient beings as well but um for us to make sure that when we get old there's people here to look after us i think we need to make sure that we do look after our nurses and work out a better way um for them to feel good about what they're doing i think it's a bit sad now that we're seeing enrollments decreasing Mm. i would have hoped that you know Off the back of COVID and all the work that nurses did, we might have been in a better position, but we seem to have gone backwards a little bit from the celebratory piece of nurses that occurred when we had to pull all the stops out. And we did that because ultimately we're all caring individuals. And I think that's why we go into nursing as a field.
1: Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. You've um, you've made me curious. Now I'm going to have to go and research the um, egg whites and oxygen and like, what was the science behind that. But yeah, you, you're right. There's been a lot of lot of development in healthcare, um, and a lot of it has been actually led by nurses doing basic quality improvement stuff. You know, not necessarily hard data, you know, research, but it's been you know trial and error. Like, oh, I think this might work. I think this might be helpful. Let's try that, and it and it works.
0: And, you know, maybe the egg white and oxygen did work.
1: It, um, it might come back. But, might have a comeback.
0: Well, probably not. And it does <laughs> silly now, but I'm sure somebody was thinking, you know, protein and the egg white and oxygen on the skin, and this was all going to somehow do something magic. Um, we move forward, and you wonder what the future is going to look like. Can you imagine if we get a cure for diabetes?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I think... I can remember um, people when I was growing up and as a child and when I started my nursing career with really terrible arm contractures and things from strokes. And it's unbelievably rare. I don't see that at all anymore. Yeah. Our generation of nurses coming through won't won't, won't know what that looked like. Yeah. You know, I can you used to have to gently, gently try and open somebody's hand make sure that you could clean inside their hand because it would have a really bad arm arm and hand contracture from a stroke and we don't we don't we don't see that anymore all all of these things that we move forward and then I think maybe we're going to see other things that are going to be really challenging and you think what we've been through in the last couple of years you wonder what's going to come next yeah and, yeah you know, we, we push science at one end don't we and people are living longer and we can cure lots of cancers and what's going to be the next challenges for us that are coming that we're not prepared for I, I don't know the answer but I do know that it's a fabulous career nursing and it's something so worthwhile but we're going to have to convince the next generation maybe yeah yeah of that <laughs> um, yes
1: yeah. so thinking about um and, and it might be a conversation that you've had with some of your staff out in the rural and remote areas or, you know, people who are relocating to Australia, you know, as as you did. What are some of the things that you might miss while you were working in a rural and remote area?
0: It depends on the area, doesn't it? I think, well, if you're trying to describe this to people that haven't worked in rural and remote, um, I think there's you there's... I think we should... Be really positive about the things that are great so the positive relationship building you work as a team scope of practice all of those things but there is a reality piece too as well isn't it you know you will miss the availability of social things which doesn't mean to say that in all sites are not there but are very remote sites in some of our communities that's really hard um i think we need to be really smart with how we describe that um so that people can weigh up what would be I suppose deem the pros and the cons you're probably not going to be able to get a Maccas but that's probably in my opinion quite a good thing a <laughs> <laughs> bad thing after all <laughs> you know um, but I think it is making people think about what you can get and I think we need to be more flexible in letting people having the opportunity to do this for smaller periods of time I think if we really clever here in the future, it will be having a much more flexible approach to workforce because some people come out to rural and remote locations and can actually only do it well for a period of time, three months, six months, a year, two years. Um, If we could get to a point where we can be much more flexible with moving people around across HHSs and having opportunities for people, I think we'll do a lot better. Some people go out to rural and remote sites and they just love it and they want to embrace that type of lifestyle, bring their families up in a really um, a different way than how we bring up our families in urban areas. But we're not flexible, I, I don't think at the moment. I don't even think I do that well in the health service that, I'm, that I currently um, lead for nursing. It's something we've got to really think about for the future um, and get that flexibility much more built in and it becomes the norm yeah. we can deliver health services unless we do that I don't think I think we're going to end up with a two and then three tier system which is not what anybody wants we have really vital rural and remote communities we should be supporting these and if that means we support in a slightly different manner that's okay but we want to make sure this is where our challenge um, with inequity is So we need to make sure we can encourage the very, very best services out there and get people to work in them. And I know that everybody's currently very challenged. We're challenged in Townsville to get staff. From a rural and remote perspective, that's even harder. So we do have some really grown up conversations. I think we need to have about how we're going to make this right for all of our um, communities that live in Queensland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: you talked before about how you know nurses are sometimes exposed to some really challenging situations, and I'm sure you've come across them throughout your career as well. Um, how do you look after your own mental health? How do you look after you?
0: Um, I think if I'm gonna be honest about this, because I've been nursing a long time, I don't think I'm always good at this. I think I'm maybe 30, 30 odd years in getting better. I do hope the next generation is going to be better, and I believe they will because I think they're more focused on a work-life balance than the generation that I come from. But I still think we don't recognise what we do every day, and we don't recognise the ongoing pressure of just being a nurse. Um, and I, I think to look after yourself, you have to have interests out with work. Work can't become your being. Um, and I think that in itself is difficult because when you live in a community that's small, you can't go to the supermarket with somebody asking you something without. And there, I think there's an initial piece that everybody feels, oh, that's really lovely. People have welcomed me to a community, and you know, you you don't talk out of school, you don't talk out of work, but people will just ask you general things, and like that's lovely, but it 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 disables your ability to not be a nurse when you're not on duty. Yeah. And that is a bigger challenge for us in um, rural and remote sites um, than it probably is elsewhere. Mental health, I think we are better at recognising mental health pressures and talking about them. still think we've got a long way to go. I think looking after yourself is not normally a priority, I think particularly for women. And then you add the fact that you've joined a caring profession over the top of that and somehow you get a bit lost in all of that sometimes. Um looking after self's really important. And you know I talk all the time about how if we don't look after ourselves and don't look after our people then we can't deliver health services. And that sounds great, but geez that's hard to do. Yeah. It is hard. It is your hard it is actually quite hard to look after yourself, particularly if you become very stressed um because what happens is you get into a cycle and I think that COVID showed this for all nurses you get into a cycle of feeling you have to do what's right was almost felt like we were saving our communities but we forgot about ourselves and I think there's a roll-off coming off the back of that I don't know find a hobby you don't even need to be good at it <laughs> <Find laughs> you like and many times I thought I'm gonna embrace exercise I'm gonna get into this it's gonna be great and I just can't it's not my thing so (laughs) you um, you don't always have to do what everybody else does and for me I like decorating the inside of my house it's mindless I like painting walls I like because I don't need to think I can have a break from making decisions so I suppose for your mental health figure out what is your non-thinking time yeah. it might be exercise it might be a hobby it might be reading a book it might just be sitting outside and just not thinking and being able to switch your brain off always nice to do with a glass of wine but a word of warning you don't want that to become your default because that could be habit forming as well <laughs> so, yeah I think it's learning how to look after yourself put yourself sometimes as first and have some switch off time whatever that is for you whatever that is for you um yeah and i think that can be
1: it can be really challenging for people um you know like you and i are of the generation where you had to work full time and if someone wanted you to stay back you'd stay back the next generation that's coming through, I think they're really clever. They've they've got it. They've got that work life balance in their mind as they start their careers, which then you know some of the older school nurses like myself sort of look at them and go, "Oh, I'd love to be able to only work you know point of an FTE, but I have to work full time." You know, so it's kind of finding that balance, isn't it?
0: I do wonder um, whether the next generation of nurses are going to actually be much more well-rounded than we were so I come from the same generation as you Danielle and it was the norm you just stayed back you did what you had to do you worked full time um I think the world has changed I actually think it is for the better but I think we have to work that out I'm a big fan of job shares which is not something I hear spoken about a huge amount here um You know, you can job share at any level of position, any position at all. And yet it's not really something that I see as common here. And I think that there is a different position on that that we could do really well. I also think that you're right. The full time piece in nursing is now going. So, what does that look for look like for us? Mm. You know, why more senior positions that aren't full-time? Why can't we have job shares? Why can't we make this look different but um yeah i hope that the next generation are not going to feel as tired as our generation maybe (laughs) does and i think the flip side to that is if there's anybody um younger listens to this remember that some of those nurses that are still working shift shifts are not 20 and it's hard night shift is hard for everybody um but yeah, we've got a whole generation of nurses that work really hard still on the floor and um, they're over 50. Well, you know, we've got a retirement cliff coming and we need to make sure that we're supporting all of our staff. But yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I think it's hard. I think it's easy to pay lip service to looking after yourself and hard to really make yourself do that. Yeah. So on that note,
1: what do you do on your downtime? How do you feel in your days off? Family. I'm mm-hmm. um,
0: currently putting a swimming pool in, which is very exciting. So um,
1: Well, you'll need that in North Queensland.
0: <laughs> yes, I will. quite like to potter in the garden. I have two chooks, two cats and a dog. And you know what? There's just something nice about just being outside We've not, we've been lucky this year. It's not been too humid. We're rolling into the best time of year for us in North Queensland. It's just nice to potter about, be out in the fresh air. Like to see friends, like to catch up and have a few beers, a few glasses of wine. Um, I definitely have a absolute ability now to completely switch off from work though. And I think that uh, if nothing else has been a bit of a savior for me. Um, and I, I think that that's important for everybody
1: yeah absolutely and i think it's a learned skill it's not something that comes naturally given that we are in the business of healthcare, so yeah i think that's um that's a really important one
0: but something we've all got to work on and i think i think maybe there's also a piece to try and not bring your work home yeah and uh, you know i've been talking to some nurses recently um about some of the behaviors they're subjected to in the workplace and that's really hard and it's not it's definitely not from patients with no capacity. Sometimes it's from patients and sometimes it's actually from families and sadly, maybe occasionally even even from each other, but not often. Um, but I think sometimes we're spoken to in a manner that's really disrespectful and that wouldn't be acceptable anywhere else. And uh, I was talking about how we don't really see that level of behavior in Coles or Woolies very often and yet somehow it's become acceptable in our hospitals. So I think there is a piece to understand as to how our nurses don't take that home with them and don't take it personally and how we can improve the position of respect really um, for what we do in the workplace because I'm, I'm not sure always that the public understands how difficult our jobs are at times so yeah try not to take it home with you and work out um, how you Have your own supports, whether that's family or friends, or um, talk to somebody um, when you feel that you're upset or you've had a tough shift for whatever reason, so that you can put it to one side and then have your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, what would be your top three tips if someone's thinking about, well, maybe coming to Australia or, you know, maybe they're thinking about joining the rural and remote workforce? What would be your top three tips
0: for them? Well, my top tip if you're thinking about coming to Australia is just come. It's fabulous. I am Australian <laughs> now and my whole family is Australian now. You guys have, for those of you born and bred here, you have absolutely no idea what it is like here compared to living in other countries. Um, it is amazing. Your healthcare system is second to none. I, I know that we get frustrated with it, but it is second to none. And You have an amazing family environment here. So, from a rural and remote perspective, for me in my entire career, I have just taken risks. I've just gone, it's okay, I can do this because if it doesn't work out, I'll do something else. Yeah. Um, And most of those risks were fine. And on the odd occasion, I took a risk, and within a couple of years, I thought, this is not really for me. I just moved on and did something else. Um, so I think the attraction of going rural and remote is that you can work in an environment where you have a larger scope of practice than you will probably have anywhere else you can work with a community you can understand the health needs of that community and then work with that community to address them which is something that is very hard when you work in an urban area. I'm not in any way decrying our nurses that work in our big hospitals because that's tough too. Um, But I also think from a rural and remote perspective, you get a chance, and I think back to what I really enjoyed about working in Kingaroy, you get a chance to be part of something that feels wholly different to what you do when you work in a larger Um, hospital environment so take the risk just go and do it Um, there's lots of jobs now sadly it's a very competitive market (laughs) Um, honestly hand on heart say you go out and do rural and remote and it's not your thing you'll have absolutely no problem um, getting a job back in one of the more urban centers wherever you might want to be but you know what you might just go out and think this is amazing Um, I'm going to stay and do this longer yeah I think it's a great opportunity I think you've got the time you've got a little bit more time sometimes to spend with people Um, you have to think on your feet I think it makes you a really well-rounded nursing individual actually Um, and it's a great opportunity I would encourage anybody to do it and if you speak to people that do it and love it which is normally where you're at with your podcast yeah (laughs) your podcast and the enthusiasm that people come across with it really does demonstrate what you can actually get from rural and remote nursing
1: yeah yeah and it becomes um almost contagious you know once you start talking to people who live and love rural and remote then you think oh i wouldn't mind trying that and then you get here and yeah so absolutely
0: (laughs) we just need to sell it better don't we we need to understand how we recognize this as a specialism
1: yes yeah and
0: that is the key to the future of ensuring that we have rural and remote nursing we need to recognize it as a specialism we need to be empower our nurses to work within that specialism and when i talk about it being recognized as a specialism we need to ensure that it is recognized in our urban sites for the specialism it is to enable that movement back and forth from rural and remote sites to more to larger hospital settings. It frustrates me that rural and remote nursing isn't always recognised for the complexity that um, is part of it every day, day in, day out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it absolutely is a superpower and we need to be celebrating that for sure. Well, Judy, thank you for your time today. I've eaten up some of your Sunday morning. I'll let you get back to, I don't know, painting walls or playing with your dogs or whatever <laughs> whatever might fill in the rest of your Sunday. But, um, yeah, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you very much, Danielle. It's been a delight. All right. We'll catch up again soon. this has sparked your interest and you'd like some more information about this episode or perhaps how to take the leap and explore rural and remote nursing you can contact me and check out my website anurseoutwear.com.au or follow me on Facebook and Instagram by searching for a nurse outwear. Remember like subscribe and share them with your friends.